Hey, welcome back, everybody, to After the Checkers with Kyle Hall. I'm excited to have this guy on there. He was on the list uh, for a long time, highly recommended or uh, requested, not recommended, requested. Uh, this is the 57, Corey Storick. How are you doing, Corey? And welcome to After the Checkers. Well, I'm doing good. Just got home from work. So now I'm enjoying Join being home after getting out of the seat. Yes. Yeah. I've seen you take a drink of your water several times. Yeah. 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 I'm uh, hydrating over here. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I like that. And so, uh, uh, that's funny. Your water. Um, well, there's water in it, right? There, there's gotta be some. Yeah. There's gotta be some in there. Exactly. So, um, well, man, I, I, I'm excited to have you. I, I told you before we started recording here, I, I was over at, at Fergus, which I, Fergus is kind of your home track. That's where you race more often than not, right? Yeah, lately anyways. Yeah, our home track, when we first started racing for the first five years was Montevideo on okay. Friday. Race, and then we, we never really went to Fergus, but the last three or four years here, we've been going to Fergus pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. So opening night and it, everybody's opening night was delayed by a month or two or whatever it was this year. And, and, uh, but on the first night of official racing over at I-94, you were there and, and I was just as a spectator hanging out just cause I was anxious to see some dirt track racing like everybody else was. And so I drove over there all by myself, just a fun, you know, I'm two and a half hours or so from Fergus. And so it was just good window time. And, and, uh, listening to some podcasts and doing work like I do work. And your girlfriend ended up sitting about five feet or so from me. And it, you, you had a, su a successful night, a, a top five night, but it was, it was a lot of, it was a struggle to get to your top five. Like you came through the field from like, you might've started 20th to get fourth or something like that. It was one of those kinds of nights and uh, a lot of carnage. If I remember, there was a, a little bit of bent tin on opening night. But your girlfriend was awesome to watch and listen because she she was into it. She's she's rides the roller coaster with her driver, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, she definitely gets into it just about, a, about as anybody else up there. And yeah, she ain't afraid to say what she's thinking half the time either. No, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. So I even like not knowing whether she was your wife or girlfriend or just a, a giant 57 fan kind of a thing. but. Uh, I, I made the comment, like, you're having fun. Like, she's like, he needs to get his head out of his ass. <laughs> it was like one of those kinds of things. And so it was, uh, it was just a lot of fun. Like if, when you see her, give her a high five from me that it was, it was absolutely, it was fun watching the races, but a lot of times I just, I watched like this, just watching her. So it was pretty fun. But, um, so that was a little side, like we started off with a side conversation, but so how, how did racing like how did, how did Corey Stork get into racing? Is it a family thing or are you the first guy and where, like, how did you start out? Well, I, it's a family thing, I guess you could say, cause I watched my dad race for pretty much my whole life growing up. He raced sure. for 30 some years or so. And Great. he was mods ever since I, I pretty much was born. He was pretty much in the mods. So I watched him in the mods for I guess I started racing around 17. So I probably watched him for 15 years or something like yeah, that. Perfect. And my uncle also raced a mods too. And so I watched him also, and he nice. raced for years after my dad, even when he got out of it. But yeah. So my dad, you, you my started dad when you were 17. Out. How long ago was that? Like how old are you now? 
I'm 27 now, so about 10, 10 years, years ago. Yeah. I think uh, when I did my the my race pass, they asked how many years you've been racing, and I'm pretty sure I put 10 years. <laughs> nice, nice. So that's pretty cool. Like, and it did you did you having the modified history? Did you start open wheeled, or did you were you in a, a streeter, or what were you in? No, we've been in uh, modifieds ever since. We bought our first car from Terry Ingerbritson, and he uh, had that as an A mod. We converted it to a B mod, and ever since then we've been in the B mods. Nice. So is it, are you B mod for life or is there, do you, do you desire to move up? I would like to move up to the A mods. We just yeah. haven't uh, been able to find a way to afford that yet. Yeah. Well, that's a, it's a, it's a big bite for damn sure. Like there's uh, just talking to some drivers just last Sunday at my track and that have moved from modified to supers. And I'm like, what, what, you know, what's going on there? And he's like, well, the modified is getting a little long in the tooth and needs to be lots of refresh or just replaced. And he's like, I'm, I'm just not going to spend the 70 grand to do that. Whereas you can go buy a, a turnkey super for 16, 18, 20 grand that I can get in and just go race tonight. And, and he's like, I just, I don't, it's, I don't have the energy or the desire to spend that much money to go do the same thing. So it's uh, yeah. Air yeah. motor twice the price their uh tires or they go through them to damn just about every night yeah and, and you can run them a few nights but if you want to beat sabraski and all those guys i mean you got to have new tires on you gotta you gotta give yourself any kind of advantage advantage again yeah is or crazy and yeah it's just they do a lot of technology i mean a lot of those cars like lethal they're coming out of north carolina where the nascar shops are it's, right it's yeah. crazy yeah when you got dirt cars on shaker you know sim simulating on shakers four bar shaker systems like that is uh that's crazy you know and and i i don't know that they do that but i would bet they probably are uh I'm sure know, sim are. simulating definitely races what's that right. i said i'm sure they are they've been doing it with their, the late models for a long time yeah you know, super late models so i'm sure the mods are doing it i mean i know they're putting them through the wind tunnels and everything too for the bodies and right it's nuts. It's nuts. The, the levels that we go to, to win a $12 trophy. Right. Yes. I know B mod guys that have put their cars on the, the jigs, basically you put a car on a, it has like spinners basically on the tires. So okay. then you're also on scales and everything too, with the front and like everything. And you hit, you sit in it basically, and you hit the gas and like they just record everything and yeah, they can do See a lot the of weight transfers as, as you get on yeah. suspension and where the weight transfers. Yeah. That's nope. it's they the next level. Stuff. I suppose they can dyno the engine while doing it too. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I know Sounds B-Mod like, is doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And soon it'll be streeters and supers. And then there'll be some Hornet guy that just decides he wants to be the Hornet national champion. And he's got 30 grand into his, 35 year old honda civic or cavalier whatever it is right <laughs> so yeah it's it's uh thank god there's people that do that because it's it, it's racing like it's the evolution of the sport and and creativity to just like you said a little while ago to find one little sliver of advantage over the other guy but at some point there's a point of diminishing return that it's not worth it's not worth the money that people are putting into it and and that's and that's when you see stuff starting to decline. So it's, uh, we'll see. It's, there's, there's lots of really smart people that are, that are trying to figure it out and work on it and make it 
as good, but less expensive at the same time. So it's, um, so 10 years in the B mod. Um, my question is, I'm not going to give out your email, but racers always have their number in their email and your email doesn't, it has a number and it's not 57. So have you always been 57 or were you that other number? Yeah. The other number I'll, I'll at least say that is 17. Yeah. And I started racing go-karts. I guess I did forget to mention that. I mean, I did do go-karts when I was a kid, but uh, I started in go-karts my first year. I was number 57. Then my sister, my younger sister was always at the go-kart track too. So she wanted a go-kart. So then she got a go-kart and I wasn't going to be the same number as my little sister. You right. know? I mean, now you look back, look back at it. We weren't in the same class and whatnot. It's like, Wouldn't have mattered. yeah. But yeah, a little kid, you know, you whatever. In the but same yeah. damn trailer. I was, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was number 17 S actually. Okay. And yeah. Uh, there was a driver. I can't remember who he was. I think Jeremy Lemke, I think it was an Alec. He was number 17 L and I always liked the way his car looked. It was always like one of the shiniest, nicest looking flashiest cars. And for some reason that 17 always stuck out. And so I was like, I'm good. I'm not going to be the same number as my sister. So I chose 17 S. Okay. So where, where does the 57 come from then? My dad was 57 and my uncle 75. Oh, nice. And it, like did matching paint jobs kind of thing, just reverse numbers? Not quite. My dad was always like a black and red and my uncle was always more of a black and orange or okay. just orange. He had some weird, my uncle had some weird looking cars. Actually, he had some like orange and yellow looking cars. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's, I have not being a racer, like suspension set up and all that other stuff doesn't like, I'm a, a professional spectator. Like I'm literally paid to spectate races and talk about it the 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 wrap or the paint job back in the day but now it's always a wrap um it's the most important part of a race car to me is how that sucker looks and so it's funny you bring that up that you know just some weird stuff because there's people now that the one that comes to my mind is matt baker is always is always just a, a two or three cogs different than everybody else in the way the body looks certainly the paint job and he is very much a what's that he stands out exactly and it's and he's it's not the same car ever like it's always a new look every single year and and i love that creativity because it's to me that's the best part of of the race car is how it looks and and but then on the same token there's guys that are it's the same like you can tell from 10 years ago till today that's so-and-so because the car looks exactly the same and it's almost their brand is yep. that look kind of a thing. And so it's, uh, I love them all. Like, and it's like, I, I, I've made it pretty public. The only thing that I'm not a giant fan of, it's not that I hate it, uh, is numbers never go on the quarter panel and they absolutely never go on the sale panel. I thought about putting my number on the quarter panel. No. But I, do it. I just couldn't do it. No, exactly. <laughs> And so I don't know who started that, but it's, it's wrong. <laughs> I wanted to be, I wanted to be different and do it, but yeah, yeah. No. I don't know who started that. <laughs> so I, the thing that's different about you, it, it's different, but it's also kind of a Corey historic thing is the font of your number. Like your, your 57 is a lot different than a lot of other people's numbers. I, I always, 
to me, it reminds me of calligraphy. There's like a little bit of a, a whippy, flirty, you know, kind of look to it uh, that's very uniquely your number. Yeah, and actually, I that's the design my dad had at least, at least for a, probably a good five years or so, at least towards the end of his racing career. Like, he always kind of had that font. Yeah. He also had the flames in there. Yes. At least a few years. I don't know if he had it like every year towards the end there, yeah. but at least a few years. And I, as a kid, I absolutely loved it. Flames are the best. Yeah. It was just the coolest thing. And I told myself, when I got a race car, I'm putting those flames in the number. And nice. I pretty much had them in there ever since I started racing. Well, and you have your name in your number too, right? Yep. Like and the, he, the, the five is Corey and the seven is Stork. And he did that too. He had Dave in the five and Stork in the seven. I thought that was really cool too. <laughs> yes. No, th- those are all super like I, and the fact that there's a little history to it, that you're not just doing it, that's, it ties you to your racing history as a, as a kid watching your dad. So that's, so did you, have you and your dad ever been on the track at the same time? No, no, Never. he's raced the car. He's raced the car that I've raced uh, a couple times. But, but never lined up next to the pops. Nope. He never raced when I raced. He he retired from racing like two years before I started. Man, it's I've I've heard it's a lot like riding a bike. Like there's got to be somebody that would let him slide down in their B mod to just go go door to door with his kid, don't you think? I, <laughs> my uncle still has his car. We just got to get another another motor built up and throw it in. Hell he yes. Changing everything nowadays. So yeah. Easy peasy, man. Although he'd, he'd be like, I need the modified. Like I'm a modified driver. He can drive that old, you know, the beginner model and I'll drive the, the real man race car. And then he'll, well, then we'll see who's better. Right. Be, I, I think it'd be fun to like in your situation where you're both race car drivers, both very accomplished. It would be fun to line up and just go door to just go door your dad a little bit or have him door you or something, you know, it'd be fun. Right. Yeah, because yeah, he even said when he uh, raced my car that it's a lot like the mods back when he used to race. He said yeah. the mods nowadays, he said they are so much more wicked than what he used to race in the mod that mod class. It was yeah. those mods were more of like a just a little bit faster B mod, but right. yeah. the way the technology and everything has come, the B mods nowadays are like what the mods were back then. Right. Yeah. All the suspension geometries and switching and all that other stuff underneath a, a modified and a late model both is I tell people like you have to have an engineering degree in order to set up your freaking dirt car. Now, like there's the, the progression over a, you know, maybe a 20 or 30 year period of time where it went from, you know, knock the windshield out and throw a four point cage in there. And like, yeah, it's got a seatbelt, but I'm not putting it on and turn yeah. my hat on backwards and let's go racing to, to today is it's astonishing to be honest with you. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't remember where we were, but they were talking about the, at the pit meeting that they're checking seatbelts because last week a lot of the Hornet guys weren't wearing their seatbelt or they weren't even like having them it. Whatever. Yeah. So they said, we're checking everybody's seatbelts before you go on the track. And I was like, I can't believe that people are still trying to race without a seatbelt on. My God. <laughs> that is it's crazy. That's just like, that's natural selection is what that is. Like when those guys <laughs> crash and they're it's that's natural selection. That's just nature taking care of itself. Like, right. like there's the last show I just did. The one that will be right before you air was all about safety. Like there's a, a Brandon Bombardo. I don't, I don't know if you know, Brandon, he's a, an IMCA hobby stock driver 
had a big, big crash uh, at Princeton. Now it's probably been six weeks ago or eight weeks ago. And, but it was bad, like six, seven flips landed in the fence in a full body car in the, like landed in the fence. It didn't hit the fence and fall down. It stuck to the fence like a sprint car would. And, uh, um, and he got out unscathed, like didn't even never had a sore neck or back or shoulder, nothing. And, uh, and he wanted to do a show on safety and we did a show all of like from the car to the seat, to the belts, to the helmet, to the Hans, to the fire suit, to the brain of the driver driving, knowing what that middle pedal is for down there on the floor. There's three pedals and there's one in the middle. Use that sucker, uh, to, you know, just all of the different things about safety and to think that somebody's rolling out over the top of that hill and doesn't even have a freaking belt on is, is asinine. That's so stupid. But yeah, Dad said there were a lot of guys that did that back in the day. They wouldn't have their seatbelt or they, you know, they whatever, for whatever reason, not have it in the car at all. And then they would get checked before they went out on the track. And then they would, the safety guy would tell them, I, we were not letting you race. And the guys were mad about it, that they weren't letting them race without their seatbelts. <laughs> I'll just be careful. No, you won't just be careful. You're a race car driver. Yeah, that's crazy. And shit happens like that. You know, you get a, a, especially in a Hornet, like they're, they're 35, 40 year old cars that are, that you're pushing way beyond what they're supposed to do. Hub breaker digs in and over you go. Like that is dumb. Like that's dumb. They're waiting to fall apart. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, um, so the, the, I told you I was going to have a, a, a question related to me watching Corey watch you. And it was, are you, as you're out driving, you're, you're three wide on the outside coming around four, coming to the, coming to the finish line. It's maybe lap five of a 20 lap feature is, is your, where is your head thought wise are you completely focused on, I got to hit my marks. I got to hit my marks. I got to hit my marks or every now and then does a thought come in from left field of, I, I wonder what Corey thinks of this race, or I wonder what spectators are thinking of this battle or just do weird thoughts sort of enter into your head when, when you're out racing. Only under cautions and before the race or maybe after the race too. But yeah, when I'm like, the only time it's really ever happened is if I haven't passed the car or a car hasn't passed me in maybe like 10 laps and maybe I'll get a stupid thought. Like, I wonder, you know, what they're doing in the stands right now. I wonder if anybody else has seen a battle. Cause I ain't seeing nothing. I ain't seeing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, if there's a car beside me for sure. Yeah. No, there ain't nothing going through my head other than I got to hit my mark and I got to get past this person. Right. So I went to catch the next person, get them. And cause every every time you catch a car you just got to shoot and you got to go yeah if you follow them one corner that might have been that one corner where that was your opportunity yeah so is there um sort of off of that question and and your your weird thought that might creep in every now and then is do, do you talk in the car is it is it all internal or do you talk out loud in the car the only time I really talk out loud is if I'm saying words that you can't really say online. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's, that's, it's the same answer. Every person is like when, when things have just turned South, 
and that tractor tires jumped out in front of you and the, the left front is doing this or you're sitting you're sitting backwards and there's a car up your ass in the in, like there's usually words out loud at that point but yeah, yeah you finally pass the leader and the caution comes out exactly yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah those you're kidding me yeah those kinds of things yes yeah oh, that's, it's or, happened more lately than it has in the past i don't know get more I don't know, vocal, I don't know what it is, but being able to talk, I never thought I would be able to, like, if there was somebody that I could talk to in my helmet, like, yep. you know, like somebody like NASCAR style, whatever, telling you to go high, go low and be able to talk them back like NASCAR style. Yep. I always thought there's no way I'd be able to do it. Cause I can't focus on trying to talk to somebody and then hitting my marks. And now maybe it's just cause I've had more experience, but it's like, you know, I could, I think I could actually kind of have a somewhat of a conversation with somebody as long as the track is bigger than, a quarter mile those quarter mile tracks I don't things know. are happening <laughs> fast man yeah yeah three eighths is not too bad but those quarter mile tracks especially if it's kind of sticky i mean there is just nothing maybe they could tell you high or low but there ain't a whole lot you can you're not say talking that. back yeah exactly no that would be i've always thought that would be interesting to have a spotter race like i, I mean it would be far too expensive for everyone to invest in in two-way transmissions although a guy could get creative and just do it over a cell phone honestly you could you could bluetooth a speaker put your receiver in this year and a speaker in this year not giving ideas out and you could do I'm it with a cell phone yeah uh but i've always thought that that would be it would be fun to see the results the unintended results of a race like that where essentially you have a rear view mirror, you know, like you, you, you know, what's going on behind you other than just the intuitive. I can feel a guy up here and feel a guy down here. And so I need to stay in the middle or give room to the bottom or whatever kind of a thing. And so yep. it's uh, it would be interesting to have one of those. So, so I want a, a, an open trailer nationals, like where you can't show up with an enclosed trailer. You're not allowed in the pits. If you've got a roof on your trailer, it has to be open trailer. Uh, and then, and then a, a, a spotter race, like where the drivers can have someone talking to them saying, hi, low, you know, run this guy, here comes the, whatever number behind you kind of a thing. So yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting to have a, a spotter race. It'd be a really nice in certain, certain situations where like I'm running the top, but I'm not really making a whole lot of ground. And then they, somebody could say, you need to go higher. You're not at the top yet. The moisture is higher. Go exactly. higher. Yeah. <laughs> You're not hey, pushing it hard enough. Hey, Sally, the wall is four feet from you. You need to get yeah. out to the wall. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we, in, in my little circle of friends, it's called big tires. Like you need to get some bigger tires and go out by the wall. Like, yeah, that's the, yeah exactly. <laughs> so um, I've always thought like, cause people talk about, they hate leading a race because like you start on the pole and you, you get out and like, you're, you're right around the tires, right around the tires. And like, Hey, no one's passing me. So I'm just going to stay here right around the tires. What you obviously can't see is that everybody's moved to the outside and they're coming like a freight train. And then all of a sudden three cars go by you on the back stretch because you didn't know that you needed to go up there. And like, that's where a spotter would be able to say, Hey dude, like, you're, you're, you're leading, but the freight trains on the outside kind of a thing. You need to get up there kind of, or whatever, you know, whatever the situation is, I think that would be, it would just be an interesting, I'm not saying I've been, I would want that all the time. Cause I think it would definitely take away from racing, 
but it would be I, fun to have a, a a night like that like the you know in during special season when points aren't awarded from Wasoda or whatever sanctioning body and just have a, a, a spotter night kind of a thing. So did I lose you? You froze up. Can you still hear me? It's always the metal sheds. When you see a metal shed, that's going to always be a bad thing for reception. If you can still hear me, Corey, go outside. If you can. Corey is gone. We'll see what's and can you hear me. I can hear you, man. We're back. And so, yeah, it's, it's always the metal shed. It's like, like there's, there's always, whenever I see a metal shed, it's, there's always going to be a glitch, but that's all right, man. We'll, we'll make her work. So. Yeah. And we got Wi-Fi here and it's the best Wi-Fi we got around because uh, we're always out in the shop anyway. So we figured we might as well really good wi-fi but when i was on mason aaron's podcast i know i cut out a few times and i froze a few times and i was like yeah. oh, oh we've had four tvs out here watching four different races and not a pause but i do a little podcast <laughs> one, one stream, exactly yeah yeah no it's no big deal it happens a lot we'll we'll edit around it or maybe we won't like that's it's kind of the hallmark of my deal is there is no editing if it comes out of your mouth people are going to hear it so uh I forget where that, what the hell we were talking about there. I think that the spotter race, but um, we do a thing on the show called uh, the racing term of the week. And I got to come up with a better name for it, but it's essentially dirt track guys have their own sort of vocabulary. Like there, like there's terms that we use in the dirt track world that if you went in an elevator in a hotel where they don't know what dirt track is and talked like that, they would think it's a foreign language or you're talking in code or something. So I decided there's let's, let's, let's have our race car drivers or whoever's on the show define those terms. And so actually this happened just on Sunday. I thought, man, that's the perfect one to have on for Corey is, um, when, when the, the, the flag man is down in the track and he, and he's doing this or this, I want you to, what is like, it's a, you know, give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down define. What is, what does that mean when the, when you see somebody out on the track doing this? Well, pretty much that means uh, it's whether or not in your mind, if you think this track is ready to race on, you give them the thumbs up, like it's turn or loose or thumbs down. No, we need a few more laps to pack yeah. it in. Yeah. And so is there, like can you see the other drivers like is it like usually you guys are so packed in tight you can't necessarily see yeah usually not most guys have like a black glove or whatever too so it's tough to see and see yeah you can kind of maybe see them sticking their hand out the window or something but you can't tell whether they're doing up or down if it's up or down yeah so it's fun literally i'll tell you a quick story this last sunday at the racetrack they they had watered for the feature um, I forget exactly what feature it was. Uh, I, it doesn't matter what it was, but they give it thumbs up, thumbs down. And, and I remember distinctly that there was eight cars on the track and seven thumbs up and one thumbs down. And, uh, and so they, they say that over the radio, I hear that. And I'm like, all right, everybody. So it's, there's uh, I think we're maybe just one more lap and we're going to set this thing loose. Nope. Double up and went. And so I thought, from a driver's point of view, if you're the one guy that did this and then they're like, all right, double up. You're like, what the hell? I said, no, 
it's just like if you're not ready then then maybe everyone else is ready kind of a thing so is there ever have you ever gone into turn one where you thought oh this is not going to be good oh yeah i've had that many of times where especially they water the track or whatever you go out there I don't know if half the other guys on the bottom are saying thumbs down, but I'm doing thumbs down because the bottom of the track, there's still water on it. It's slippery. You hit the tire, you spin your tires, your right. front tires don't want to stick. And then maybe all the guys on the outside are thinking, yeah, my lane up here is pretty good. So they all do thumbs up. So then they're like, all right, one to go and we're going green. And then you're thinking, oh, well, this ain't good. <laughs> I've seen it happen a lot. The front two guys just about spin out and everybody else has to check out. And yeah. then there is either a crash or just a half of the field just all, all of a sudden just spreads out Stops. whole top line freight trains yeah yeah that happens the i don't know how many times at the wasoto 100 the wasoto 100 they go out there and they'll water it and then they'll, they'll be packing it but then right around the bottom right on the tires it's still a little too wet. wet yep but they don't really think about that and then they set up loose and then everybody on the bottom just spins their tires and that whole bottom line just kind it's of falls. Gone. yeah yeah and out there, I suppose you you there's not like you're starting three wide. Like there's not yeah, a hell of, yeah. there's not you a lot of room to dive. Out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can't go anywhere but stay right on the tires. Right, right. So that's where you, you start you start uh if you're three wide, you start fourth, second row inside. The guy that started fourth row outside, the twelfth or something is all of a sudden in front of you. Like yeah. that's not there's it's one of those times where you're gonna talk inside your helmet. Yeah, it is. it is. You're going to be saying a lot of words. Exactly. There's going to be words. So, okay. So that is definitely thumbs up, thumbs down. That's what that means. So the next segment here that we do, Corey, is um, the Minnesota Trek headquarters, rapid fire questions. Uh, MTH jumped on. Please, people, go to MTH, your MTH, excuse me, your MTH.com uh, and, and, look at their inventory if you're looking for a vehicle which man it's getting vehicles is a tough thing getting anything right now is a tough thing and they've got thousands of vehicles for sale on their website and uh, uh go give them a shot at entering your business for sure so uh they and then what's that i said they definitely do i just went by there four times the last week or so and yeah they they got such an inventory it's crazy yeah, nobody it's else crazy. has trucks they just got it whole inventory of them it's because he's that that whole crew is not afraid to step up and, and earn your business they're they're doing really great things uh for a non-franchise dealership they're they're kicking ass to be honest with you and it's it's uh i'm super happy to be affiliated with them so anyways uh mth rapid fire questions um it's five questions that may or may not have to do with racing some of yours do some of yours don't so um Question number one, you farm, right? Like that's what your, that's what your occupation is as farmer. Well, that's kind of more of a side thing. We don't have quite enough land for, uh, to be full-time farming. Okay. So what we do farm, we have a few hundred acres and then I also help a lot of other farmers, but I work for the, uh, state for the Minnesota DOT. I okay. like do the plow truck in the winter. Oh, nice. Fix roads. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your 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 efforts and your job. So, okay. So the question is: is if you could do something else, if you could have, what is your dream job? What if you could do anything? What would it be? It wouldn't be too bad being a full time farmer. 
I do like that gig because I love I love that rush uh, during planting season and then harvest season where you get maybe a couple hours of sleep right for like a couple weeks, <laughs> and I just love that rush. That's I do bee harvest uh, with uh, another farmer. I run uh, one of the tractors for him, and yeah, okay. it's to wake up and you're just absolutely drained and. It's, I don't know. I just love that rush. That's awesome. No, like <laughs> they're just, they're constantly busy. Next step, next step, next step. That's pretty, I like that. Yeah. And it's, I don't know why it's just such a good feeling. It's like an accomplishment feeling. Yes. No, that's really cool. I like that a lot too. So uh, question number two, what is your favorite quote? Is there something that, that somebody has said to you in the past that really stuck in your head? <laughs> Well, I can't think of any really good ones right now, other than it, if you're if you ain't first, you're last. And that, that's I mean, a great that really quote, man. Nobody Ricky really Bobby. Cares. Nobody really cares if you get second, third, fourth, tenth. I mean, there's oh. there's like, well, who won that night? Oh, exactly. <laughs> Not, who got second that night. <laughs> when, when you go through my race pass, you don't look to see who got fourth. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You look to see who won it, and then you're like, oh, how far did they come back from? And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, that's it's a that's a great quote, man. <laughs> there's maybe it's like the quintessential racing quote is is if you ain't first you're last so um what is define what is a good or a, or a successful night at the racetrack what does that mean for Corey stork is it is it checkers or wreckers or is it like uh we loaded it on the trailer and so we're happy yeah definitely well the last part <laughs> yeah we we don't like wrecking anything that's no. for sure but a good night, as long as we make tech shed, I'm always happy. Even if I get first and I ended up fifth, you fell back four spots, which sucks. But I mean, as long as you make tech shed, I've always been happy, even though I've had it in my head before, like, no, that wasn't good enough. You shouldn't be happy about this. But then at the end of the day, you're like, you, you, get, you can't do that to yourself. You just, you got to stay fun, um, love at it. And you just got to keep your motivation there. Cause if you start thinking that way, you ain't going to put the effort in anymore. Right. And, right. And it takes a lot of effort. I mean, you gotta, you gotta spend a lot of time out in the shop, make sure everything is done. Greased, lube, tires are maintenance, perfectly yeah. grounded and yeah. Double it's checked and triple checked. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Make sure that no springs, you know, turned or, you know, and, none of them are getting weak and yeah it's clean Never your ending. shocks and because if you leave dirt on your shocks you can blow out a gasket and then well you just wrecked that night and now you got to send that shock off and, right yeah, it's, it's annoying There's, so one one of my uh supporters on the show uh is weir's machine and they make a thing called the ricochet shot guards for 30 bucks you can make sure there's no dirt on your shocks just so you know nice i i've always been tempted to buy them but i haven't yet <laughs> There's, and it's probably not going to keep the dirt off. Dirt will always find, especially if it's, if it's wet, it's always going to find a way to get where it shouldn't be, but it's going to keep the big chunks in the rocks. You know, if, if you got a, a, a little bit of pebble in your, in the clay, wherever you're running, it's uh, it, it's, it'll keep those shocks a lot longer than if you don't run those. So, um, okay. So that's a successful night. A, uh, this is a, this is a more specific question to just you. And so what, what is Corey Stork's favorite steak sauce? And there steak. is steak sauce. And there is only one answer. No steak sauce. That's wrong. <laughs> well, otherwise, if the steak is not, you know, if it needs a little bit of something, it's definitely Heinz 57. 
There it is, Heinz 57. <laughs> Corey Storick's favorite sauce is Heinz 57. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's big sauce. I saw that 57. I blew my mind when I was a little kid. I was like, <laughs> what is this about? He's Did like, my dad make this? Yeah, exactly. Like, this yeah. Is, is this what you're buying it? That's funny. So, uh, okay, what is something that people, this is a, a, the last question is always a little bit deeper. Okay, so like I think philosophically, uh, what is something that people do, something that you believe that maybe other people disagree with? Like a, a belief that is deep down inside Corey that other people maybe like, eh, I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah, geez, I don't know. That's tough, isn't it? It is. I know. Like I always try to answer these questions as I as I'm thinking of them. I always think, what would I say? And it's like I'm gonna try to not be political, but 81 right. million people and me disagree. It's what tough. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. And if if there's if you think, man, there's there's nothing that I that I hardcore believe. Well, I'm sure there. But I can't yeah. think of it like this right on the spot. <laughs> that means that means that you're you're just kind of a fun loving accepting guy. That you're like, yeah, you believe what you believe, and I'll believe what I believe, and we're all good. I am a pretty easygoing guy. Yeah, I don't, if somebody has different belief in me. I mean, maybe if I've had a few, I might ask them a few more questions on it. I'm not going to necessarily argue, but right, I, exactly. I'll see well, how you're thinking that, and I'll I'll listen to you, and you know, yeah. hear you out. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I've thought of it wrong, and you know, but. A lot of times it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's, I would say I'm, I'm that way on about 94% of things. And then there's other things where I think people are wrong. Like that. Nope. You're I've thought about it and you're wrong. <laughs> and so there's a lot of political stuff like that. Where yeah. hundred percent. Like, yeah. It's not yeah. a place to really even talk about anymore. <laughs> it, it's yeah. It's one of those things you try to avoid as much as possible. So but uh, I don't know. I just got some sort of notification on here. I'm getting rid of that. So, um, so that is uh, that's our five Minnesota Truck Headquarters uh, rapid fire questions. I don't know what is going on here. Something is going on in my computer. But um, the last thing that we do, Corey, is always called the pay it forward question, and it is it's where my last guest gets to ask you a question, and then you are going to ask my next guest a question. And so uh, the question that is going to get asked to you is for, I, I told you before, a guy named Brandon Bombardo, who is a, he's an IMCA hobby stock, which is, if you're, I don't, I'm sure you know what IMCA hobby stock car is. Um, yep. And so um, his question for you, I, I, he doesn't know you. I, I, I take it. You probably don't know him, uh, but I described you're, you're kind of a, a real consistent top five you know, maybe one out of four, one out of five races, you're going to get the win, but you're always going to be there. Like you said, in the tech shed kind of a thing. And, and his question for you, when I described to you like that was, what does it take? How do how does a guy stay consistent year after year, week after week, consistently upfront? What does that take? Well, a lot of it is maintenance. And there's also a lot of luck in it too. <laughs> luck of the draw is a big thing right there. I mean, whether you're going to a race where it's passing points or if it's just a race where it's draw, redraw, or a special, yep. where it's, you know, like the Rebel Tour that 
I've been on is is really huge getting a drop towards the front of that heat race yeah. because there's no passing points. It's right. just take the top one, top two, top three. It depends how many heat races there are. And that's right. a big if you're starting 10th on back in the heat or in the feature, it's it's definitely tough. It's not impossible, but it's definitely tough. And there's it, just too it's much talent. Tough if you don't have any cautions. Cautions can save you, cautions can hurt can you. Kill you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I always make a point as an announcer to, you know, there, there'll be somebody that's out front, you know, has, has gotten a four second lead on the rest of the pack and we're winding, there's 10 laps to go. And you're like, this guy, this is wrapped up. And all of a sudden you look out of the corner of your eye and 14th place, just tried to do a slide job on 13th place. And they both spun out and the, and you're like, it's another one of those opportunities for the guy in the lead to go. Ah! Like, cause yep. he, he hears yellow, yellow, yellow. And you're like, oh no, like, that's not what I needed. And, and it's the guy in second through, you know, 24th is like, oh, that's sweet. Another opportunity to take a swing at this guy. And so now most of the time it doesn't change. If you're good, the outcome is, is not going to change, but man, it, it leads to some drama and leads to a little bit of heartache every now and then for sure. So it does, but it, it makes it good for the fans. Absolutely. And, and I, it's more fun for the drivers too. I mean, it's fun to win, yeah. but I think I, I haven't met a driver yet that wants to go out and lead by 10 seconds for 20 laps. I mean, that's, there's no, not a lot of fun in just driving in circles by yourself. I would, I would, me personally, I'd rather be in a battle for fifth door to door with someone in a nice clean battle. And you can get out and high five each other and say, man, that was freaking awesome versus just drive away from the pack and, and win by 10 seconds kind of thing that there's not a lot of fun in that. No, but if you do win, that's the only part where it's fun. If you it start second, second, that guy in front of you is way out there. and You haven't seen a guy in third place. Then it's kind of, yeah, it's not fun at all. But if you're the guy in first, you are just freaking out the whole time. Like, when am I getting past? This when is the longest the race in history. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite color becomes white yeah. flag white. That That's become like, yeah, no, I've been in that situation where like it's it's a, you know, 10 or 15 lap feature race and you're leading and you're like, like, are we going to run 50 laps? How? And you're like, you know, all of a sudden the white comes out. And you're like, it's about damn time. Yeah. But yeah, don't, don't look at the scoreboard. <laughs> exactly. So, OK, so my next guest uh, is a guy that you're definitely going to know is is Dylan Crom Schroeder uh, or DK. I think most people just call him DK um, does the graphics is a super stock driver, is a late model driver. Uh, and so what would, what would your question for, for DK be? Hmm. It's always tough to put you, put people right on the spot. It is. It's, that's a tough one. Cause I could ask him a more of a serious question or just a, a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> you go wherever you want to go, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, what classes all has he raced? Uh, do you even know? Uh, uh, like what classes does he race? Well, he raced the stu the supers and the late models. In you late said? models, both. Yep. He raced any other classes before that, like mods, B mods. I, I would. I well, we'll find out. I don't know. To be honest with you, we'll find out uh, next week. Well, ask him what's wrong with him. Why he doesn't want to race uh, an open wheel? What's wrong with him? <laughs> what's wrong with you? All right. That's why are you protecting your front tires? That's funny. Well, you that 
he I know he's probably one of those guys that uses the that front nose piece to push those bottom tires in. Yeah, exactly. He can do that. Pump, pump, pump. Yep, like just slowly push it in. Slowly yeah. push it in. Modified guys can do that. You just got to be a little, you just got to be a little more precise. You, you got to get the side of the tire, not the front of the tire. Yeah. yeah that's me and Fergus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, right when it went bad, like there's. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I thought I was skimming the tire and then right before I hit it, I was like, I think I'm a little too close. And wow. Yeah. Is it? Not good. So I've always, I, this would be a great question since you brought it up is do, do you wrap? Like, your, are your thumbs in the steering wheel or up like this? No, they, yeah, they're wrapped. I, I believe they're, yeah, they're wrapped yeah. except for. I can't think of which hand I really drive with now. <laughs> I want to say I drive, I can't even remember. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. that's how great my memory is, but. I know at least one or the other, but <laughs> yeah, it's one of these I, two I, hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I drive with like the right hand and then the left one, it just basically it's there, but it's not really actually holding it. So I'm okay. only driving one hand, but that other hand is there in case I hit a bump and I have to grab that steering wheel or yep. if I need a, just a quick, like, so have you ever had it like, like spin in your hands kind of thing? Like I where have, but ideal when you're coming off the corner i have had it and it saved me but then when i was coming off the corner you know you grab it and hoping that it's straight and it's not straight so then wherever you grab it wherever the way the tires are turned you're going that way or exactly that way. yeah uh, and then you're all over the place and you just most spun out everybody's right back on your bumper and they're like what is this guy doing <laughs> exactly i've always i've always been told when i was a much younger guy and and my sons have raced is like you always put your hand, your thumbs up, you know, like as you're holding the steering wheel, your thumbs are like this, never like this in case you hit a tire, uh, you bump into another car and all of a sudden that wheel spins, you know, three times, like your thumb is just, it's just, it's going to break in kind of a thing. Right. And so it's, uh, I've caught myself a couple of times where, you know, I like naughty, naughty kind of thing. And then it's I, one time where the wheel, the wheel did spin and it, the the spokes of the steering wheel got my thumb and man oh man it's like a there was words said in my helmet yeah i know what you mean yeah because yeah. the way i kind of hold it is my fingers are it's not my thumbs my fingers are actually where the spokes are and then my thumb is just kind of up there just wherever of, yeah it's wrapped around but i like that you're thinking about it now now you're gonna go grab a steering wheel aren't you yeah, somebody came in. My dog was freaking out. Oh, that's what all right. Saying? That's all right. Well, man, I will make sure to get Dylan. Uh, uh, his question is like, what's what's wrong with you that you don't run open wheel car? And so I was laughing when I said it. Yeah, no, he'll he'll know for sure. So um, uh, let him know I was laughing. What is wrong with him? Um, no, we'll make sure that he knows that that's a, that that's a funny question. Not a, not a completely serious, but maybe half serious question from a modified guy. So exactly. And so, uh, I appreciate it. Best of luck in the rest of the season. Make sure to keep it on the rubber side of the car. And, uh, I, I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to be back. Yeah, absolutely, man. Good. Get back out there. Yeah, yeah. Once uh, this Rebel Tour is done here this weekend, then we kind of can go wherever we want again. We're not right. going to tie down to those tracks, especially sure. when you got two races on a Saturday and a Sunday for that tour. 
it's like, well, I really don't want to go race Friday. And the weekly stuff is out. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. But then it is nice because then I actually get a Friday off, but exactly. Yeah. Little that, that maintenance part that you were talking about, you know, whole less one less day that week that you don't have to do that washing tires and washing cars and making sure things are perfect. So, but That's right. well, I wish you best of luck, Corey. I appreciate being on after the checkers with me. Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye.